Because you want to live in the forefront of your times, in ideals and in sacrifice, you have elected this. Live from Mad Rivers Boulevard, it's Paul and Ray. I see. You shouldn't listen to your voice. It sounds like you've been out all night on the booze, except you don't drink. Correct. I had a very, very intense uh, day uh, Wednesday last week Mm. with one of my besties, you know, in the worldsies, you know, and we're just, you know, yelling, screaming, singing, dancing, doing all of that. And for some reason it's resulted in this voice, what, four, five, six days later. Has it only just come on now? No, it's been bad. Over the weekend, shocking. Oh, really? Absolutely shocking. So the big problem about a media career when you have one of those kind of off days is when you're working in an office, you can just Mm. suck down on the butt of menthol, shut your face and get on with your life. But when you're broadcasting, when you're a professional broadcaster... When you must speak with a rounded voice. (laughs) Was that a little regional radio, man? It was a little, then I pulled out. (laughs) I realised we were there and I went... Out of regional radio man, we still get requests for regional radio man to make a uh, an appearance back on the podcast. He's a star. Again. He He's a star. a star. We might arrange a little something. something. Ooh, I hope so. How was your week, love? Uh, it was good. Spent the weekend in Melbourne, which was oh, delightful. Oh, um, oh, had hello. A- <laughs> was it a candlelit weekend? <laughs> it was a little candlelit uh, involved. Oh, oh, yeah. Were they lovely little fragrance candles? <laughs> what sort of uh, Scandal are we talking here? We're talking a little beeswax. Oh, hello. He's, he's pulled out the big guns. He's gone to the cupboard and got the bath salts and the candles oh, that mum gave him for Christmas a couple hello, of years ago. Hello. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I flew down to Melbourne and one of those things, you know, you always sort of notice things when you're flying on the plane. Do you ever sort of notice things about how... No, I travel first class <laughs> and refuse to notice anything beyond 1A. You know what drives me mental? It doesn't matter so much in your business class area, but in your economy area, especially if you're flying a budget airline, which is the only airline I ever fly, not a lot of leg room, you know, not a lot of leg room. You're really not working with much space. It it is a bus in the air. Yes, it is. And as a consequence, when everybody's boarding, I have no idea why when you're boarding and say you've got the aisle seat and somebody's got the middle seat and the window seat hasn't arrived yet, and then the window seat person comes along and you make that person, you don't get up and shif- shuffle yeah. out, you make that person wedge themselves between Correct. your knees and the seat in front. Correct. And awkwardly... Po- Why are people not getting up to let people in? But also, what concerns me is that depending on what one you fly, when mm. they let you get on the front or the back of the plane... Oh, yes. Okay, so what are they? There's 35 rows in a plane, okay? Yeah. There's a big sign that says... One to fifteen, and yep. then fifty, and there's always someone who goes through the back who should be up the front, the other way around, and somehow just expects everyone to get out of the way. Why do they check your ticket when you get on the flight? They don't. I mean, on an international, they say second aisle on the right, but on a domestic flight, they never point you to your seat. No. Who's getting on on the tarmac that wasn't getting through the gate? Like but, who's sneaking on? But it's when they turn around and go, "Oh, hello, Miss Corbett." <laughs> so I don't need that level of personal service. Do you? Remember when we flew to Texas, I believe it was. Was and this on United? When they played five oh, Kathy Bates telly movies and a scuba diving documentary that, for the entire 17 hour flight. That was just, <laughs> it was like flying in the early 90s. <laughs> yeah. It was 
weird. It was hell. But the thing that I remember is that we were walking down the old gangplank or whatever it is to holding get the, hands. holding hands. Don't miss the details. <laughs> I had my hand in your back jean pocket. Just holding onto a candle, burning it as we walked. Uh, on Don't the, it's, make okay, you can't laugh at anything. This is terrible. We, is this going to happen? How good is that going to be in somebody's headphones? Is this going to be happening the whole way? I can't say no, anything. No, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Is it called a gang? It's not a gangplank. It's a gangway. It's a gang something. <laughs> so we were walking down. Gangway, yes. We were walking down the gang. And <laughs> and we saw somebody walk in, like open a door on oh. the gangway and just walk in and slot into line. And the door hadn't come from the airport. It That's had come right. from the tarmac. Yes. And he had no security pass or anything on. And then we spent sort of the entire pre-thing petrified that there mm. was, you know, because he had a suitcase there and we're thinking, they always say, be alert. You know, what's the thing? Alert and alarm But to something. be fair here, we're not just talking about somebody who looked a little bit dodgy while walking around sunglasses hut. Mm. Two hours before the flight. (laughs) This is a guy with no identification going through a side door getting onto the plane. And then I took... Oh, it took me ages to... I think I came up to you and said, should I say something? Because I was nervous about being too alert and too alarmed. And then I eventually went up to the steward and I said, oh, excuse me, there was a man that got on to the gangway. I I don't think he was supposed to be there. And said if, if he got on through the door, he wouldn't have been there without being... And I'm like... Oh, thank, thanks for thanks for checking that out. Like, thanks very much. And then I do you remember what I did? Then I brought that little soft toy. Yes. on the plane with me, and I held its hand the whole way through takeoff because I thought we were going to blow up. Aww. I'm an adult. No, it was beautiful. <laughs> it was beautiful. I just have a wonderful memory of that flight. Mm. You asleep, mouth open. <laughs> And I'm a drooler. I'm a massive drooler. And so whenever I fall asleep on a flight... I found it romantic. <laughs> did you? Oh, I, like <laughs> I always fall asleep on a flight and will wake up with a sort of mm. dribble down my front. Or, you know, I've been in exams before. I remember school exams where I was concentrating. You can't fall asleep. No, no, no. I was concentrating and I was concentrating so hard that I'd clearly not even remember to swallow. And I'm sitting there writing on this piece of paper and this big drip... Just hit my exam paper where I just like Homer Simpson straight out the side of my mouth. If I was marking your HSC paper, <laughs> I've gone, there's drool on this paper. I don't even know if I'd bother going through to see what the answers were. You're listening to Paul and Rach. Did you watch the Oscars, my love? No, I didn't. I have just uh, do what I usually do in any award ceremony of, or thing of import, and that is uh, hit the internet after it's done and get the highlights. You're just going, what's what's the big gear? Yeah, that's all I wanted to know. I just want to know the Reader's Digest version of the event. I don't want to sit through the Best Cinematographer Awards and all of that garbage. I know you, however, oh. love yourself an Oscars. Me loves the walls <laughs> to walls. Tell me everything about it and what you thought the high points and the low points were. Well, well, award-wise, in terms of handing out, zero, nothing, minus 10 mm. surprises, nothing. Oh, okay, right. So so for me, you know, front and centre is all about Neil Patrick Harris. Mm-hmm. I was all in. I was excited. I was looking forward to. Meh. Uh, yeah. Which is a shame. I didn't mind that opening number. I did see that with the projections and everything. The moving pictures. The moving pictures. I thought that was very good. Written by the people who unleashed one of the most annoying earworms of frozen. all time. It was the Frozen people. Oh, my. God. It was the frozen people. I like it less now. The internet sort of obviously, understandably, takes um, young John Travolta to task for being a little creepy. My simple point is this. This bloke's kook. Yeah. This bloke's borderline dickhead. <laughs> this bloke, technically, I don't think is even an actor anymore. 
why does he get invited to the Academy Awards? Yeah. He was nominated once mm. for Pulp Fiction. What's that, 20 years ago? But this is the great Beck Hewitt effect that happens where you can get the cover of a magazine X number of times without actually having a career. Monica Lewinsky was invited to the Vanity Fair after party. What's she done since being f***ed <laughs> on? Get the guys up on the Paul and Rach Facebook page. What are your thoughts about getting a tattoo of somebody's name because you love them? Mm, no. <laughs> Never. I find this such... A, now, I'm a practical, logical kid. I have to declare, I haven't said that I'm in a relationship with my wife on Facebook. <laughs> so if I'm not willing to commit to that... That's so true. Okay, but let's start... You know what? Let's just... Let's do a wee bit of a tangent and start there. Relationship advertising on Facebook... I think it's a bad idea. I don't think you should ever do it. I only ever did it once. And the reason I vowed I would never do it again is because you don't know what is going to happen in the future. And I tell you, there is no lower moment than the time that you get a notification on your Facebook page that says, blah, blah, has cancelled your relationship. Do you agree? (laughs) And then whenever you make a change to anything, because it goes straight into your news feed, as soon as, you you know, anybody says, Rachel Corbett is now single. Oh, Oh, God, poor you. His loss. Oh, there's a big wide world out there. I'm always first to hit like. (laughs) I say, I bring this up because Benji Madden has married Cameron Diaz. Now, she is used goods. (laughs) (laughs) Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrache.com.au. Forgive me for squeezing one more blood out of this stone that is the Oscars. Please. But Eddie Redmayne, who uh, won for Best uh, Actor for playing Stephen Hawking, says that the, one of the most unsung acting couples in the world, mm. Dr. Carl and Susan from Neighbours, he made these comments in an interview with Elle magazine immediately following the Oscars. He says, quote, I'm a f- huge fan of them. I've learnt a lot watching them daily. They're the greatest unsung acting duo in history. No way! So think about this is better than, okay? Yeah. It's better than Abbott and Costello. <laughs> it's better than, who are the other great duos? Or oh, uh, Matthew McConaughey and Drugs. <laughs> This is the amazing thing about your neighbours, your home and away. Those shows that as Australians are a bit of an irritation, but that you completely forget are huge in England. But I've never quite understood this because I would understand why, okay, in drizzly, dreary old England, it'd be fantastic to see surf and sun and sexy young Australian people doing Australian things. These guys live in a cul-de-sac and if they go anywhere, they go to Lassiter's. Well, they don't go anywhere. Yeah, they don't do yeah. anything. This could result in the great renaissance for Dr. Carl and Susan. This could be a, um, oh, God, what's her name that did Animal Kingdom and has now gone on Margot to... Margot Robbie. No, not Margot Robbie, the no, no, old can, bird. Can we, can, Jackie Weaver, but can we get... Can, can we just... Margot Robbie. I don't believe in God. I'm an atheist. But when I look at her, there is a God. Let and us he pray. took the whole day. <laughs> You're listening to Paul and Rach. Rach, have you heard what the hot new thing for you to worry about on your body is? What? The mons pubis. (laughs) The mons pubis. I 
Love that term. That and labia minora and labia majora. What a ridiculous bunch of medical terms. What is wrong with my mons pubis? Okay, now, according to, uh, this was Life and Style magazine from mm. a couple of weeks ago, uh, the mons pubis <laughs> is the mound of flesh on top of a woman's pubic bone. Until recently, this was not a part of the body we ever spoke about. And then it became a major issue because there was a uh, model who was the front cover, uh, Hannah Davis is her name, of the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. Mm. And the little bit of flesh on top of her pubic bone Mm. was photoshopped. So therefore now, just like... And remember, the dream of all women allegedly was to have the little triangle. The, oh, the thigh gap. The thigh gap. Yes, okay. yes, yes. yes. This, this was the dream. Well, mm. now the dream apparently is a flat mons pubis. This is what we're going for now. We're trying to lose weight now. Okay. Now, <laughs> I'm trying to work out exactly what exercises you're supposed to do for this. And also, what poor bastard goes through this scenario where they care about it, they want to do something about it. What are you supposed to do? This is, I mean, I get the bingo wings, you know, the the tuck shop lady arms. I understand the spare tire that we all have to deal with. I get with the, you know, the cellulite bum, all those things. But if you are seriously worrying about how fat you are, there is. <laughs> Just don't know. Okay, so so say imagine you get yourself to Mons pubis perfection. Oh yes, yes, the perfect Mons pubis weight. Yep. I'm now loving the idea of you know what is it? A moment on the lips, a month on the hips. <laughs> I don't know how that equates somehow to the pubis. Eat jubes, you'll have big pubes. <laughs> Hit the guys up on the Paul and Rach Facebook page. Rach, I know you love a trend, and I know you love your health. Love both those things. We know about activated almonds. Yep. We know about chia seeds. Yep. Uh, have you heard about activated charcoal? Oh, for Christ's sakes. Charcoal is is what they feed to drug addicts if they've had an overdose. It soaks crap up. Charcoal is the stuff that when I was travelling through Europe and couldn't help eat gelato because I really wanted it and got really sick and got farty and bloated, I had to go and get from the chemist because I was so big I looked like a pregnant lady and it ate up all the gas in my belly. Well, according to... <laughs> Too much information? No, I like, I like. <laughs> according to The Age, uh, Melbourne Street Organics... Stock and promotes activated charcoal. There's a Queensland company that is responsible for all of this. How do you activate charcoal, though? Because the way you activate almonds is you put them in water or something, let them sprout and grow, and then you eat them then when they're kind of in that situation of, you know, in that state of germination or whatever. How do you activate charcoal? It's dead wood. Apparently, it is, it's in the grinding process. Is that what happens on this dance floor at a blue light disco? That's a lot of activation <laughs> going on there with the grinding. Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrache.com.au. You've instilled in me a fear oh. uh, that I need to deal with. Do you want to hold hands? Um, we can do. Okay. Uh, you, I almost took my yoga mat out with me to go to the shops just so people would think I was going to yoga even though I'm in my exercise gear because, and that is my casual clothing. Okay. Not that I want to get creepy, but I was uh, recording a little something for Sky News in my car mm-hmm. about 10 minutes before we turned up. Mm-hmm. And I saw you. I came down with my shopping. With the shopping and the yoga pants and the, all of this and the that. Yes. But you... I almost took my yoga mat out because I looked around and I live in an area where there are quite a few yoga studios 
And I always see people wandering with their yoga mat and I always think, oh, look at them, off to yoga. Mm -hmm. Of course they're in their exercise gear. We've had countless conversations on this podcast about the fact that I believe that exercise gear is casual everyday wear. You believe that is not the case. And so I thought if I put a yoga mat with that, it legitimizes my whole ensemble. You know what? I don't even think you need to do that. I just think you need a whistle. <laughs> just walk around with a whistle. Just, you know, like, and then you look like, you know, you're what, off. like a ref? Yeah. You're I'm doing, off to coach like you're little. something, you know. And also, if you get yourself in a little trouble, it helps. <laughs> you're listening to Paul and Rach. Actually, one quick Oscars thing, just to go back to it. The one thing I did see, I mean, there's no end of red carpet information on the next day. Now, how do you feel about it? I think it's E. They have Pedicam. Oh, Manicam. Oh, Manicam. Oh, so, God. Well, you... pe- imagine Pedicam. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they do have a thing. Like, like, they, like, have shoe cam. Yeah. Yes. And then the 360-degree turnaround, you know, where they do the, the cam, where you do the whole cam. I mean, I get it how when... it's not a meat marker? It's not a fashion marker. It's a meat marker. But I get it when in competitive sports... Sports, the technological advancements for how you can watch the game, like with fly cam and everything else, so you can see the ball in play at every moment. I understand in a game of skill why that is important. The fact that they are coming up with technological advancements on a carpet that people walk down in nice dresses seems to be such overkill. Like, I don't need to see them in minute detail. I don't need to see the cuticles on somebody's hand to work out whether they've had a nice nail job or not. What but I mean, a look, waste. Let's, let's, let's be honest here. There's you sitting on your fat ass mm-hmm. on the other side of the world, not you. Uh. Yours is athletic. <laughs> oh, yes. But, you know, we're all collectively sitting back there just going, you know, hand, hand in our darts, mm. going, oh, look, look at that monstrosity. <laughs> I'm going, seriously? Yeah. You're in your undies on your couch, mate. How about you? No, oh, oh, monstrosity. And also, Ryan Seacrest, for a little while there, kind of nailed it as the guy doing the red carpet. Now... He barely knows much. He yeah. couldn't care less. I will say though, just I haven't I haven't hosted uh, any you know Oscars red carpet events, but I did host a red carpet event uh, where basically we had been told, you know, you just have to stand up at the carpet. The celebrities are going to come down. We've got a producer here who's going to brief you on who each of the celebrities are. We're not talking about your Scarlett Johansons and people that everybody knows. It's like an independent film festival, but they're, you know... Celebs. So, Joel Edgerton's cousin. Yeah, exactly. That kind of thing. Like, like Peter Edgerton. Peter. Good old Petey Edgerton. And, and are you doing this to camera or are you camera. doing this to... Okay, so there's no amplification. I'm doing this to camera live, but it's to camera to the entire crowd. So it's on a big screen, it's live, there's no editing, there's nothing, and there is no room to move or make an error. So I said, look, I can babble on about anything if I don't know anything about a person. All I need is for the producer to say to me, John Doe, director. And then I can say, okay, right, I know, hey, what do you feel about directing the film? There's some standards that you can make. When the red carpet began, our producer was nowhere to be found. Slowly these people come down and, I mean, I've got no idea who these people are. I don't even know whether to ask them, are you excited about the nomination? I don't know whether to ask them, what was it like working with blah, blah. Are they a grip? Are are you a grip? Are they a grip's partner? Who are you? I've got no idea and you're live on screen. And at one point I I said, I'm just going to go over here because I wanted to say to somebody off camera. Help. (laughs) Help. Can you go and run and get the producer? And the cameraman follows me and sees me going over. And then I turn around, see that he's followed me, realise I can't on camera say, can you help us? We've got no idea who these people are. And then had to just jump again. 
It was mortifying. There was one guy that came down the, ca- the carpet who was a significant director who had actually been approached by James Cameron to direct one of his films. Wow. And I had absolutely no idea who this guy was and was just flailing. And I could see the moment I started, he knew I didn't know who he was. Yeah, yeah. And nothing loses the other person on the other side of the interview, like them saying themselves in their head, she has no idea who I am. But also, you know, I have a little moment yeah. where, I don't know, it was the first MTV Awards that mm-hmm. happened in Australia years ago. I was working for Nova, okay? Mm-hmm. This is the smallest blink of a moment where I'm a cool kid, okay? Yep. Or at least I knew enough cool kids to be in their collection. And I was sent, because I worked in the newsroom at the time, to go and cover the MTV Awards. Mm. And I got the chance to interview Green Day. Right. Okay. I don't listen to Green Day. (laughs) I don't really... Like, I know Green Day. I'm not going to pretend I don't know Green Day, but I don't care. Yeah. And I remember that I did the interview with them, lead singer, whatever. I listened back to it. It is so bad (laughs) that I had to go back to the office and said, guys... The recording equipment. Oh, did you? Something's <laughs> gone wrong with the recording equipment. Oh, see, sometimes you've got to save yourself. But you know the reason that I brought this up to go back to Oscars in the first place and talk about red carpets was I just briefly wanted to say Serena Williams in a dress. Oh. <laughs> wow. Okay, so think Mr. Olympia. <laughs> want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrach.com.au. Paulie, I haven't worked in an office for over a year now, uh, full time, and you know the one. Congratulations on freedom! <laughs> Thank you very much. You I don't love have it. to deal with the weirdos. No, nope. nothing. Nothing. I set my own agenda. I'm working from home. I love it. The only thing. But do you that... have little sort of internal tensions though? Where oh. what, what is, what going, is on? going on outside? <laughs> But do you have little tensions with yourself, though, where, you know, you don't give yourself cab charges? (laughs) Try not to abuse office privileges. I try not to go into my top drawer and steal more staples. Uh, That is one thing. Actually, two things I miss. One is a stationary cabinet. That is my kind of porn. I could lose a whole day in there with your highlight. I've never highlighted anything since school, but for some reason when I see a stationary cabinet and I go into it in the office, I'll get 85 packets of highlighters. Never never use them. I like that about Post-it notes. But they're there. Oh, post-it notes. Oh, I've never used them. one. Got to have them. Everything. Got to have an exercise book around. Every time. That's it. I've got. I mean, have a look at me. This mm. is this <laughs> is a, three. What do you see in front of me? Three <laughs> exercise books. None of which have even a tenth of them filled. Fantastic. I don't know what is in what. Every time I start something. Every time I go. I don't know which one my to-do list is in. But thank you very much, Triple M, for uh, providing me with these. <laughs> Should have told me I was in there last week. I would have knocked off oh, more for you. You got to knock off some more. They had a great stationery cabinet, but then they started it. Yeah to use your card to access it so they could see who was... And then all of a sudden they got really narky and you had to go to reception and ask for the card. Oh. So they had to actually go up and ask for permission to go in the stationary cabinet. guys, showbiz. Oh. There was a time back when, you know, in the 80s, radio stations, the announcers used to be given drugs. Yeah, 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 yeah. And now we can't even get a box of staplers. It's a pretty sad situation. It was also, it did feel a bit like a drug scene for me because my producer in the old show that I did actually got herself her own own card for the stationery cabinet and so she could access it any time because she accessed it so much. Was so, she dealing? Well, oh, she was dealing to me. Every time she went up, um, going upstairs, can you just... Just, just a couple of posters. Just a couple of posters and a few. Just That's a few. That's all I need. Just paper clips. <laughs> just paper clips. That's all I need. I so the, what, the other thing that I miss is a printer. Does anybody have a printer at home anymore? But also, I miss 
a late. What about me? I'm still working in office, but <laughs> just empathy. See? Yes, yeah. See that automatic support. Mm, yep. Automatic support. You're with me. Hold me. This is the thing. It's 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 the laser printer. Oh yeah. It's not like the exactly that we all have at home. Yep. It's the. It's the you got pages. you got uni notes. You got 350 yeah. pages of uni notes. You press print and they'll be done in two minutes. If anyone knows of something you can actually buy for home like that, oh yeah, but email, text, whatever. But they're always so massive. The home yeah. printers are so huge. And they go so slow. So I'm having to become one of those people who goes down to office works to print. God, oh. that's a pain in the ass. Oh. It's a pain in the ass. And you've got to put it all on a USB. Oh, God. Yeah. And then they charge you to open the file. And, and they then take you forever. To... And they're like, oh, whatever. And you're just going, why oh. does this take so long? <laughs> why? I'm just considering just breaking into offices to use their printer. <laughs> and you know what? Before you go to a judge, mm. just... <laughs> <laughs> I just had to get a fix. You had to get a fix. <laughs> you're listening to Paul and Rach. Rach, I love Grand Designs, Grand Designs Australia, can't get enough of that gear. Uh, old mate doesn't compare to Ke- Kevin McLeod, though. This is Peter Madison. Mm. No, nice guy, though. Nice guy, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but no one, I mean, Kevin McLeod set the bar so high. Agree completely. He is pretty spectacular. Agree completely. I may have a mild crush on Kevin McLeod. Oh, who doesn't? <laughs> but I can't work out whether Kevin McLeod would be that amazingly funny, generous, open person. Or just a royal prick. Or the guy at the dinner, end of the yeah. dinner table going, oh, you haven't lived unless, unless, let this, me explain. This is classic meet your idol stuff. Happens to us all the time in radio when you mm. interview people and you're like, this is going to be a real exciting when I meet, insert celebrity here, and then they are just a right royal prick. Yeah, yeah but enough about <laughs> But that's it. You know, the only thing I would do on a Grand Designs show is I would build a very normal house, Mm -hmm. but I would have a hot and cold water tap like you have at work. Oh, yes. Now, I don't know. I'm sure you can get them at home. I'm sure I can pop on down to my local plumbing joint and they'll turn around and sell me some faucet for about Mm, $8,000. But there is something about hot, cold. There's just something about... Boiling water comes out without having to wait for a kettle. Amazing. I dream of this. See, this is one of the great things. I don't dream of the international roast. However, you know oh, that. No. Why are we still buying the international? Why is anybody still drinking this shit? And in the gigantic cans as no. well, that's somehow empty. I don't miss also, uh, another thing I don't miss is food in the fridge that is yours going missing. How does anybody get away with taking food that isn't theirs from the work fridge? It's not a shop. You're correct. But, but what, what, what part of it would say, nobody's going to notice this? <laughs> exactly. Do you remember that was happening a lot in our office when we were doing the show? And Erica, one of the producers, actually wrote her name on the banana skin of a banana <laughs> yes, and put it in did. the fridge. That she is desperate. Did. Get the guys up on the Paul and Rage Facebook page. Had an odd little situation happen to me at the beautician the other day. Not a great deal in this, except for the fact that seriously, there's some stuff going on outside my apartment. I don't even know what it is. They're filming the Avengers. (laughs) I, when you get a a wax job on the old face, you know, I've said a number of times I get the old eyebrows and the Uh, moustache. No, uh, not in the private area, just on the facial area. Although, I don't know, maybe ladies might be able to... uh, You look lovely. No, see, see, when I get 
waxed and then I go in the sun, I get like a little like discoloration on the top lip. So it makes it look like I have a mustache. <laughs> it's very unattractive. Anyway, I have a touch of that at the moment. But the thing that happens is you're lying back there. You know, they're getting all up in your grill, getting very close. I've seriously, I have to say to the beauticians of the world, do the world a favor and choose some gum or drink some chlorophyll. Very good for bad breath. If you've got bad breath and you're sort of breathing over the top of somebody in close proximity, like you need to do something about that. How much does it cost to remove lady mo? Uh, I think it's around the ten dollar mark. That's all right. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's a. It's probably about twenty five bucks or something for the mo and the eyebrows. I think. Although it seems to be climbing and climbing, but it's a matter for me. It's not a luxury. It's a necessity. Otherwise, it's gorillas in the mist on the face. You're a beautiful lady. Come on now, I've got a mustache that I, would rival yours if you, I let you, mine go. You're a beautiful lady. <laughs> so what happens is that this See, that's training of being a husband. I know. Just where you just go. You're Don't beautiful. Don't <laughs> confirm what she's saying. Just blinkers on. But just keep, say, I love you. I love you. I love, I love you. you. You're I beautiful. Love, no, I love you. I love you. So I'm lying there, and one thing is that obviously when you're doing things like, you know, waxing and kind of getting, pre, you know, and you need to get the right pressure and you need to tear in the right direction and things, you need to get purchase, you know. You need to sort of steady yourself and, like, get ready to really rip that sucker off. And the waxes that I've gone to have a tendency – to rest elbow on boob. Oh, oh, and just dig in a little? Yeah, there's just a little pressure there. It's, you know, it's clearly the the nearest mm. surface yes. to get some kind of table going on. They get the elbow in, then they can rip appropriately on the moustache. I understand. But, you know, sometimes, I mean, this is a tender area. Yeah. This needs to be treated with some tender loving care. Correct. And shoving your elbow into it and digging into my bourgeoisies is not tender loving care. Well... I'm pleased to say mm. that the discoloration on your bussies <laughs> is not visible to me, and I've been looking all sharp. <laughs> Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrach.com.au. Rach, the phenomena that is Fifty Shades of Grey, number one movie in the country. Did Have you, you get... seen it yet? Yeah, I did. Oh, what do you think? Because I've heard it's a pile of shit. Okay, how do I say this? Okay, quick answer. It's bad. It's terrible. He's garbage. Mm-hmm. He's garbage. <laughs> yeah. And guess what? I don't want to see the offspring of Don Johnson and Melanie Griffith naked. Oh, I'm no. Not, I'm not interested in it. No, so no, no. the whole thing was I'm sitting there going, oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay. And the whole thing, I mean, I'm at risk of spoiling this for everyone. Like, she's a virgin. He's a billionaire. Yeah. She goes... I'm getting some feelings I've never had before down there. (laughs) He says, the only way you can be with me is to sign a contract. Oh, yeah. Now, it's been a while since I've been a virgin, (laughs) certainly since I was a a female virgin. (laughs) But she is a university graduate, Mm -hmm. right? So she's a smart cookie. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't her reaction be? No. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty quick move. Yeah, yeah. Whatever throbbing was going on, Mm -hmm. you have a billionaire saying you have to sign a piece of paper first. Yeah, yeah. But what I love is this conversation that it's begun about, you know, couples and how far they're willing to push each other and, you know, is pain something that relationships and, you know, and you should go and get a whip and this, this, this and this. Okay, time to overshare. Mm. Every relationship involves physical pain. Every single relationship. And, Rachel, you know exactly what it is because you've done it to blokes. I have no question whatsoever. Popping pimples. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay? You I can, love that. Yeah, you can have I your floggers and your ass. <laughs> the, you want pain. Yeah. You want pain. It's when you're watching television <laughs> and this thing comes towards you and just goes, I just want to, I just want <laughs> Jesus. You're listening to Paul and Rach. There is a Samsung smart TV and their privacy policy, which, you know, nobody ever reads, just like the iTunes policy that nobody ever reads and everybody clicks agree. Give and it to me now, agree terms. I just now, I can't I, wait. I'm pretty sure I owe them my firstborn child because whoever, they could put whatever they want in there. That said, my beautiful, amazing, wonderful, we all know where this is going, stepfather, mm-hmm. who I love, 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 mm-hmm. reads Every word of every prompt of every command he ever gets on the internet for anything. How does he have time to do anything else? So literally, when you're installing software, you know how everyone just goes, yep, fine, yep, next, 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 but you just know, he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Do you want the default settings to be? (laughs) And I'm like, why am I helping? I've signed so many documents when, you know, in total trust of the person sitting across from me, employment documents, all those kind of things, like not so much like serious heavy-duty contracts, but I just think, oh, yeah, yeah I mean, indemnity forms, oh, I don't need, I, I'm pretty but much getting it. If I die, I can't sue you. Well, I'm going to so be dead anyway. But non-negotiable about all yeah. this anyway. What are you supposed to do? It's not like you can have a conversation with Google mm. hey, regarding subsection B. <laughs> exactly. Well, Samsung have come under a bit of fire because on their new smart TV, in their privacy policy, They've got a little section that has gotten people a little bit concerned. The policy states, please be aware that if your spoken words include personal or other sensitive information, that information will be among the data captured and transmitted to a third party through your use of voice recognition. So basically the Samsung TV has a, you know, chatting function and it just records your conversation and then sends that data to somewhere. This is unfortunately for me when I read this, my father's paranoia coming to life. Yeah. You know, the other day he said, why do you use a computer? And I said, well, I have to use a computer because I can't work but without it. But doesn't it steal your soul? Well, so, well no, that's, that's, the, that's the camera. <laughs> this is what he that's said. That's take a photo. He that. said to me that there are people on the other side of the computer watching me. That's not untrue. <laughs> That is actually not untrue. This is what that he said because I'm sure on 60 Minutes or a Current Affair or something or other he's seen a story about you know people that jailbreak into your well, video they, camera and they hack, and, yeah they hack your video exactly camera. and that they can watch you which I don't assume but doesn't your green light go on on the camera if that's happening? Um, I didn't know there was a green light. Yeah, the, the green light comes on when your camera's on. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So when that happens in the shower. <laughs> Get the guys up on the Paul and Rage Facebook page. And sadly, that is the end of our little adventure with Paul and Rach for yet another week. Thank you so much for listening to us as my voice officially dies. dies. (laughs) (laughs) If we were at the Oscars, they would be playing the orchestra music right now to play us out. Uh, Now, it's time for story time. Oh, I love this bit where we take a story from Picture Magazine. Thought it was time to dip into the old vault of pictures here. Okay, Uh, okay. I know you're holding up the story, but the image that you keep holding at me is a... Plus size woman? Is big cans. Goodness gracious. I just feel like that would be more trouble than it's worth. Mm, it's a lot of woman. <sighs>
That's a lot of women. A lot of lady. I mean, I get it, right? In When you're getting intimate with somebody and, you know, maybe they're a big boob man and they like what you've got going on, you know, and maybe, I don't know, maybe in a fooling around session you're committing sort of two and a half hours, like on a big sesh, right? You're doing a big sesh. And so for those two and a half hours, I mean, these boobs are prime real estate. This C- is correct. really great. Mm. But then you've got another... 21 and a half hours of the day to get through walking around shops and stuff with these things. I mean, they would be painful. Yeah, correct. But there's uh, 21 and a half hours of blokes trying to get to the two-hour session. Very true. All right. Uh, Now, what are we going to do for a safe word today? Charcoal. Charcoal. Of course we are. Of course we are. Uh, Today's story is called Revenge is Sweet. Oh, Oh, hello. I reckon this is going to be a romantic tale. I think so too. Mm. I think that we will be surprised. I think so too. With how deft and wonderful it is. I think uh, Des from South Australia, who is the writer, allegedly, of this tale, will really deliver some goods. All right, here we go. I recently split up with my missus of four years after she admitted to charcoaling another bloke behind my back. So it goes without saying the past few weeks have been charcoal house. A few of the boys decided to get me out of my slump by coming round with a few slabs for an arvo laugh on the piss. And it worked, because after a dozen beers I'd forgotten about the the ex and was keen to hit the pub and try getting my charcoal away with a random. Shortly after arriving, I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw my ex's sister, Ashley. Sure you did. this is such rubbish. She was sitting at a nearby table with friends. I avoided eye contact and kept my head down, which worked, till we crossed paths on the way back from the bar. We started chatting and surprisingly, it wasn't awkward. In fact, it felt pretty flirty. I always had a bit of a thing for Ashley and had spent many family shindigs perving at her charcoals and tight ass. It turned out she wanted a piece of me too because after an hour of talking, she just blurted out, we should charcoal. Hell yeah, I replied and off we went in search of a taxi back to my place. As soon as we got to the front door, I ripped off Ashley's shirt and G-string before placing her on, on my bed. Oh, I charcoaled oh. her. Charcoal. But he placed her. That was what was nice, Rachel. <laughs> Didn't throw. He placed. I charcoaled her. Charcoaled. Hmm. Charcoal. Missionary <laughs> style. Good on you, Des. Finally Funny. a story. Getting into the mish. Uh, Ashley moaned and screamed with delight till I charcoaled and freed my charcoal on her charcoals. It was all over pretty quickly, but it felt like the ultimate revenge charcoal on my cheating ex. I hope she finds out too. Oh, that was a little underwhelming. He was expecting me just to be, you know, (laughs) activating charcoal everywhere. (laughs) At least we got the mission there. Good on you, Des. Well done. See See you next week. week. You're listening to Paul and Rach. 